Chikoa 2022. Wrapping up the industry's favorite show. Events do not just happen, they are created with a lot of work and stress. The organizers Jack Stein and Philippe Kaufman, supported by a magical team including Vera Jelling and Christina Costiono-Stevens, from Interchoco, put it all together in record time. This year, for the first time, Chikoa was a mix of virtual and physical, which sounded cool, but I was sure there would be problems. I did not think it was possible for the speakers to come on stage in real time, and for the mixed panel to be streamed live and blended together, but they did it. Chikoa is ours. It may sound selfish to say Chikoa is ours, but I mean that it has become an event, to represent the underrepresented small chocolate makers equally to the bigger players. It's a real community. The reconnection of colleagues, friends, and old acquaintances in a post-lockdown world, was more than pleasant, it was therapeutic. A collective sense of purpose and an ideology underpin the entire craft market. But we need to avoid the groupthink to be effective, and Chikoa allows different views to accomplish the common goal, through debating. My son Peter came with me for the first time, and people made him very welcome. I saw him engaged in conversation, and it was an opportunity for him to deepen his understanding of what drives this unique industry. We could be at one stall, and would be directed to another, maybe technically a competitor, but nobody sees it that way. During a visit to Mike and Becky Chocolate, Bjorn pushed me across the aisle to Blue Yellow Cacao, where I met Julie Bakuin, a Ukrainian chocolate maker. Now, I'm pleased to say, we will be helping Julie with some free promotions. However, because I got so distracted by the conversation, I never went back to pay for the bars of chocolate I took from Bjorn. So, yes, I stole chocolate from Mike and Becky. Nee Noggs. Sean and Dot from Nee Noggs came to both events where I was moderating, and sat in the front row. Bar Talks has written about Nee Noggs previously, relating to the way they were bringing in their cocoa by sailboat and horse and cart, to be stone ground in Ireland. But meeting the couple later at Silver Cacao's after-work party was such a highlight for me. The funniest and down-to-earth, open, and welcoming people you could hope to meet. Silver Cacao. Talking of Silver Cacao, Katrine and her husband JP were central at the event, both physically and in presence. Katrine talked passionately about the industry, with a quiet intensity and confidence, but always with a smile on her face, and JP was in constant movement, greeting people on the stand and welcoming each person to the party on the first evening, which they generously sponsored. 1-1 Cacao. Nick Davis from 1-1 Cacao taught me about cocoa from Jamaica, among many other things. We co-moderated each other's talks, and, as an ex-BBC journalist, and person with a colourful background, I thoroughly enjoyed his company. Expect to hear more about 1-1 Cacao and chocolate from the region in the future. Little More. One of our favourite bars with inclusions was from Nadine Berry at Little More a chocolate maker from Jamaica with striking contemporary splattered paint designs and imaginative inclusions, using ingredients local to the island. Our favorite was fresh Jamaican thyme and orange. Interchoco. Vera and Christina from Interchoco were supportive and organized in putting together our program at short notice. But I didn't know a lot about Interchoco until I met Juiced, the CEO, and found myself lost in a deep conversation over cocoa business and philosophy. 
Jeest looks at business from new perspectives and applies new thinking to old problems. I can't wait to see how they tackle the transparency issue with their technology. They make a profile page for each company, and then create the QR code, which can be scanned to provide a complete map of each ingredient. They say on their website about their service. Your chocolate bar, spread or drink, will display everything. From ingredients to a map tracing your cacao. Who your supply chain partners are, the impacts you create. The story behind each chocolate product and the sustainable practices you make. A number of impressive chocolate makers, including Fiac and Mike and Becky have already signed up. I know I've missed out many of the wonderful conversations we had, and apologies that I couldn't list them all. I urge you to attend future events, physically if you can, because we need times like this to come together and to learn and support each other. Cocoa Association of Asia, International Cocoa Conference and Dinner 2022 The Cocoa Association of Asia International Cocoa Conference and Dinner is now in full planning mode after it announced the new dates back in April with a new theme. The biennial conference will be held on 1st and 2nd of September 2022 at the Raffles City Convention Center in Singapore, after an almost two-year delay due to COVID-19. Ticket sales have also restarted with options to attend the full conference, with both evening dinners or conference and day one networking. The association has committed to hosting the long-awaited CAA International Cocoa Conference and Dinner as the first major in-person event on the International Cocoa Calendar, after a painful two-year delay. The conference theme has also been appropriately set as Resilience, writing the next chapter of Asian Cocoa, where we will welcome experts from the region and across the world to provide invaluable insights into crucial subjects that will shape our industry in the days to come, said Alvin Lee, CAA chairman. There will be five main plenary sessions over the two days, with the inclusion of a new plenary focusing on women in cocoa and chocolate industry. USAID Green Invest Asia will be hosting a panel on climate-friendly cocoa, as part of the Cocoa Association of Asia's International Conferences Networking Dinner on the September 1st. Organizations reconfirmed their support for the conference, as Barry Colbo has also confirmed its position as the official chocolate partner, apart from its platinum sponsorship. OFI also committed as the official sustainability partner and gold sponsor. USAID Green Invest Asia came on board as the conference's official industry development partner. Main Plenary 1, Macroeconomic Outlook for Asia and the World Asia continues to be projected as the fastest-growing region in an increasingly volatile global macro environment. In this session, we will debate what the near- and longer-term economic outlooks hold for us in the cocoa and chocolate space. Will China continue to tease with its demographic potential for growth in consumption, or will India usurp its great rival? Where else in the region should the industry look to place its bets? Speaker, Mr. Karmjit Singh, the Chartered Institute of Logistics and Transport Singapore. Moderated by, Chris Delevingne, Partner, Financial Advisory, Corporate Strategy and M&A, Deloitte, Southeast Asia. Panel, Alvin Lee, Chairman, Cocoa Association of Asia. Professor Annie Ko. Professor Emeritus of Finance, Singapore Management University. Joachim Asig, Head of Sales, Cocoa Processing Equipment, Bueller Group, and Paul Wynn, CFO, 
Henry Bath and Son Limited. Main Plenary 2, Coco Fundamentals Outlook for Asia, Supply and Demand. The outlook of global cocoa production in 2022-23 marketing year remains uncertain, as high global farm inputs prices and global logistics disruptions could still hamper cocoa trees' productivity in major cocoa-producing countries. Meanwhile, a combination of global geopolitical tensions and the lingering COVID-19 pandemic, which are likely to reduce global economic growth in 2022, could still dampen global chocolate consumption growth in 2022. Oscar Chakra, executive director of Rabobank, will discuss what the future holds for cocoa production and consumption in Asia. Where are the future bright spots for growth and the dark clouds? Speaker, Mr. Oscar Chakra, executive director, Rabobank. Moderated by Antoine Delsart, deputy director, Cocoa Beans Trading, Tudin SA. Panel, Darren Stetzel, Vice President, Softs and AGS, Asia, Stonex Financial PTE Limited Frederick Wenger, Head of Research, OFI, OLAM. Michelle Arian, Executive Director, International Cocoa Organization, and Max Godler, Head of Trading, JB Cocoa. Main Plenary 3, Marketing and Innovation Trends for Asian Cocoa and Chocolate. The COVID-19 pandemic changed consumer priorities, leading to an increased demand for healthy, immunity-boosting, and ecologically sound food and beverage products. Asians of all demographic profiles have shifted their cooking habits, taste preferences, and shopping behaviors, resulting in new sales channels forming and crossing. As the pandemic is starting to recede, which of these new consumer interests will remain in the long term? And how do these market trends impact cocoa and chocolate in Asia? Speaker, Nicole Jansen, Innova Market Insights. Moderated by, Dr. Naslan Imram, Vice President Beverage and Sweet Goods Business Units, Firminich. Panel, Alistair Hay, CEO, Hayes Chocolates. Francesca Clemens, Managing Director, Cargill Cocoa and Chocolate APAC. Rachel Toe, Head of Marketing, APAC, Barry Colbo Group, and Tobias Garrett, Co-Founder and CEO, Jungle Gold Bali. Main Plenary 4, Sustainability and Social Responsibility in Asian Cocoa. Sustainability is an increasingly hot topic in cocoa, both for risk mitigation and for driving brand value. During this segment, we'll explore what consumers care the most about in various regional markets and the local impact of global, hot topics like child labor and deforestation. We'll also focus on the state of livelihoods for Asian cocoa farmers, what's improved, what hasn't changed at all, and how we can ensure the riches pass down to those who need it most. Speaker, Fei Fei Chu, Director, Mars. Moderated by of Sethaputra, Lead, Partnerships and Communications at Grow Asia. Panel, Grisha Safarian, Purados Grand Place Indochina, Manfred Borer, Chief Executive Director, Cultiva AG. Simon Backer, Chief Executive Officer, Kenimer Foods International Incorporated, and Christina Rini, Country Support Office Manager, Swiss Contact. Main Plenary 5, Women in Cocoa and Chocolate Asia. The critical role of women in advancing agricultural and rural development, and in ensuring food security, has been widely acknowledged. 
Achieving sustainable cocoa development, then, is not only the empowerment of women for the advancement of agriculture and rural life, it is the full engagement of women with men in the construction of a new social order, at the level of family, community, and institutions. Women represent a great source of untapped potential in the effort to advance collective prosperity. Mars will be sharing their recent findings surrounding female empowerment and women's role in the cocoa supply chain. Speaker, Fei Fei Chu, Director, Mars. Moderated by, Vivian Sia, President, WUMAG. Panel, Ani Sidiyan Ingram, Sustainability Business Development Manager, Barry Colbo. Nina Rossiana, Markets and Partnerships Manager, Rainforest Alliance, and Christy Owen, Chief of Party, USAID Green Invest Asia. Networking Dinner Session. Climate-Friendly Cocoa. What can the industry do? Global climate action needs to accelerate rapidly over the next decade to avoid the worst impacts of climate change and transform economies to a low-carbon pathway. Global forest loss caused by cocoa production was roughly 2 to 3 million hectares from 1988 to 2008, which equaled approximately 1% of total forest loss. Mighty Earth, ND From 2000 to 2014, the global production of cocoa beans increased by 32%, from 3.4 to 4.5 million tons, while the land-use footprint of cocoa plantations grew by 37%, from 7.6 to 10.4 million hectares. With demand for cocoa expected to continue to grow, and competition for agricultural land also set to increase, the sector is faced with the urgent task of establishing more sustainable production practices, Allison Hoare, 2017. To change this trajectory, several leading companies in the industry have made net-zero commitments and prioritized the reduction of GHG emissions from changing land use by making needed strides toward sustainable cocoa production. The panel will feature a conversation among industry leaders to discuss practical actions, challenges, and the pathway to reducing carbon emissions for more resilient cocoa production. Panelists will draw from their experience in adopting sustainable sourcing strategies, developing appropriate metrics, and or developing business models that take into consideration the impacts of climate change. Sponsorship and marketing opportunities are still available at what promises to be the biggest cocoa and chocolate industry event in years. Full details can be viewed at www.cacococonference.org. Heavy rains in Côte d'Ivoire mark good start for cocoa main crop. According to Reuters, Côte d'Ivoire's cocoa-growing regions saw heavy rains last week, which farmers say will encourage the early growth of their main crop from October to March. The global leaders in cocoa production are currently in their mid-crop season, which runs from April to September. Farmers are reportedly optimistic about a strong finish, expecting to harvest a large volume of pods from mid-August to late September. They said that regular rainfall throughout the month of July will be necessary to stimulate more flowering and bring a strong start to the new season. The size of the upcoming main crop, which has already started to flower, will be largely dependent on the weather over the coming months. In the southern region of Egbeville, 103.2 mm of rainfall was reported last week, 39.7 mm higher than the five-year average. 
It rained a lot here this week. Flowers are beginning to appear on the trees, said Olivier Boker, a local farmer from the region. Similarly, the eastern region of Ebengul saw above-average rainfall of 82.7 mm last week, 26.1 mm more than usual. The central regions of Bongwenu and Yomasukro also experienced higher levels of rain in the past week. Not all areas were so fortunate, however, with the western region of Subra, the center-western region of Delowa and the southern region of Devo, all receiving below-average levels of rain last week. Subra was 32.4 mm below the average, with only 24.7 mm of rain. Flowering has started, but we need more rain in July for the main crop harvest to be abundant, explained Salami Kohn, a farmer near Subra. Malaysian cocoa and chocolate product exports rise to 1.57 billion US dollars in 2021. The Malaysian Cocoa Board reported a new high in Malaysia's exports of cocoa and chocolate products, which reached RM 6.9 billion, 1.57 billion US dollars last year in 2021, up from RM 4.2 billion, 950 million US dollars in 2010. This figure represents the combined total for the exports of cocoa beans, cocoa shells and husks, cocoa paste, cocoa butter, cocoa powder and chocolate. At the Sabah Cocoa Festival 2022, MCB's Director General, Dr. Ramle Kasin said he believes the rise is partly due to the increase in chocolate consumption in Asia-Pacific countries. In the period between 2010 and 2021, the per capita chocolate consumption rate across Asia-Pacific nations rose from 0.15 kg to 0.20 kg. Dr. Kasin said he anticipated new growth for the cocoa industry, as the cocoa festival would promote locally produced chocolate and encourage the expansion of the domestic marketing network. As a result, the market size and variety of cocoa products available are expected to increase alongside the revenue generated from the sector. According to Sabah Chief Minister, Datuk Seri Hajiji Noor, Sabah accounts for 59% of Malaysia's cocoa bean production, the equivalent of 540 tonnes. Last year, Sabah exported RM 16.16 million, 3.67 million US dollars, in cocoa and cocoa products, RM 7.72 million, 1.75 million US dollars, of which was from chocolate. There are five districts which are active cocoa cultivation areas in Sabah, namely Rano, Kota Marudu, Tenem, Kota Belud, and Tambunan, said Hajiji. The state government would then consider helping local entrepreneurs by expanding cocoa cultivation areas for those looking to farm cocoa within the state. Last year, the sales value recorded by chocolate entrepreneurs in Sabah amounted to RM 137,487, $31,233. I hope they will double their efforts so that there will be more downstream cocoa product entrepreneurs in Sabah. Sabah's cocoa bean production largely contributes to the demand for premium cocoa beans by single origin and craft chocolate makers in the country. I have been informed that the Sabah downstream cocoa industry currently comprises five chocolate and cocoa confectionery or cocoa-based food companies 
as well as 30 to local chocolate entrepreneurs, said the chief minister. Hajizi added that the cocoa industry has strategies in place to remain competitive and strong and is aligned with the long-term objective to increase the industry's economic value and contribution to the country's revenue. Ritter Sport Campaign with Dufri and Zurich Airport to Promote Sustainability Efforts Ritter Sport have recently launched the hashtag DiscoverRitterSport campaign through the colorful world of chocolate activation. In collaboration with Dufri and Zurich Airport, the month-long campaign will raise awareness of the company's 30-plus-year sustainability efforts. The German chocolate specialists hope that by using their beloved mascot, Don Choco the Super Sloth as the focus of their promotion, they can open the conversation around the brand's culture of sustainability. At Ritter Sport, we have a lot to say about our colorful, tasty chocolate and sustainability efforts for over 30 years, so an airport promotion was the logical addition to bring the brand's purpose to life at Retail POS. Using our cute sloth mascot and brand ambassador Don Chaco as the central character for the promotion enables us to draw attention to the story behind our cocoa farm at El Cacao in Nicaragua, explains Ritter Sport marketing manager, travel retail, Kirsten Kruger. The promotion features a colorful cocoa tree, complete with fruit, as the focal point representing the company's commitment to sustainable cocoa farming. Once passers-by are drawn in, they are met with digital infotainment content that tells the brand story of how they achieved their recent carbon-neutral certification in 2020. Since 2012, Ritter Sport have owned El Cacao, a 2,500-hectare Nicaraguan cocoa farm, helping them have greater control over their sustainability practices. In their own words, they want to show that it is also possible to grow cocoa under socially and ecologically decent conditions, and at competitive prices at the same time. Only 1,300 of the 2,500 hectares are used for cocoa farming, while the other 1,200 hectares are made up of interconnected marsh and forest regions, allowing animals to pass through the protected zones unimpeded. The remaining 100 hectares are used for infrastructure. As the topics of sustainability and ethical farming are at the forefront of discussion within the cocoa industry, it is increasingly important for brands to raise awareness of their efforts in that regard. The hashtag DiscoverRitterSport campaign is an aptly timed investment by the company, as otherwise uninterested consumers might now be intrigued by the brand's ethical message. Ritter Sport Managing Director, Travel Retail, Jan Paisold, commented, This is a significant investment for Ritter Sport, and we have worked very hard to bring together the key elements that the company stands for, notably the 30 years of sustainability that is embedded within the DNA of our brand, and the quality of our chocolate, which uses only the very best ingredients. While we are rolling out the activation in two key airports during 2022, our plan is to have two to three other key locations for the concept in 2023, as we want to use this concept exclusively for the particular month in a specific location. <laughs>